This is Father Bonaventure Chapman. And I'm Father Joseph Anthony Cress. And welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. Father Joseph Anthony. What's crack a lacking? What's up? Not much. Liking this blue light in the studio here. I'm a big fan of that, but yep. it's and all good. That's right. And this is uh, summertime still, so we are in... Uh, enjoying not quite yet the full heat of things, but we're getting there. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. And so this episode is about cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. we want to get into the material. But before that, I should say, um, you didn't grow up in a city. No. You were in a small little place, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So where did you so grow up? So I grew up, up in uh, Southeast Ohio, okay. uh, just a small country town near the Ohio River. And I think my town was about like 5,000 people. Growing up, 5,000, and we were like kind of the big city in the area. Okay. Uh, So, yeah. Were you near a big city at all? Um, I mean, there was Wheeling, West Virginia, right across the river. So the small town I grew up in was St. Clairsville, Ohio. Okay. Uh, And then Wheeling, West Virginia was right across the river. Yes. And then like Pittsburgh was probably like an hour and 15 minutes away. Columbus was two hours. So those would be the two big cities, but they were... uh, Yeah, 5,000. That's pretty good. I loved it. I mean, it was just like one of those things that like... You just, it was small town, Ohio. It but was, you weren't on a farm. It was a. Well, there was a farm across the street. I okay. didn't grow up on the farm, okay, right. but like yeah. you grew up around farms. Like that was, that yeah, was common right. enough uh, yeah, yeah. to experience. Yeah. And, okay. You know, small if town. the wind blew a certain way, you'd, you'd catch a, a nice little uh, scent of cow, you yeah, know, if, if yeah. you had to, but it was, it was all good. You yeah. Know, it. I guess I had more of a traditional, well, suburban upbringing, I should say. Suburban, Most yeah. people don't live in, or grew up in the cities, but mm-hmm, outside mm-hmm. Buffalo, New York, so just in the suburbs, right out, right north, about five minutes or three minutes from from the city itself. Buffalo is on the on the mend. Uh, it's <laughs> the city coming back, like a, a bunch of these steel cities did not do well. No. Um, but Buffalo is on the way back. It's like Pittsburgh, I suppose, the uh, yeah. Great Lakes cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the city was always around, but Buffalo isn't a huge city. It used to be mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. a bigger city. But it's not a gigantic city like Chicago or New yeah, York yeah. or Los Angeles or Washington D.C. Um, and then right now you're stationed at in Charlottesville, in Charlottesville, which is Virginia. a little bigger. It's a yeah, not a city per se. It's a college town. Yeah, is the best way to describe it. Yeah. It's like your quintessential college town. But yeah, it's a lot larger than where I grew up and yeah. the, the quote unquote cities that I would think of. But still, you know. Coming from Washington D.C., doing our formation here in D.C., yes, that's right. going down there, it feels much more like a small town feel because it is that kind of college town uh, atmosphere and things like that. But still, it's it's relatively uh, a smaller uh, life experience in that sense. Yes, yes, and um, so I, I teach here at, at, in in Washington D.C. and live here in Washington D.C. And people often ask you, "Well, do you do you like living in the city?" And the answer, of course, is no. Um, <laughs> cities are. The cities are tough. Cities are real tough. There's something about them, yeah, um, as yeah, people yeah. know. But at the same time, many people do do live in cities and will have to live in cities or for work and this yeah. kind of thing. And a lot of people are, are working in cities but living outside of cities. So we thought um, there is this movement, or at least there's an understanding or potential idea that cities should be moved away from, people yeah. should move outside of cities. Uh, there's this kind of back to the land movement, which was, of course, uh, G.K. Chester and Hillary Belloc yeah. and Dominicans. Uh, so Vincent, Father Vincent McNabb mm-hmm. was in charge of mm-hmm. move in the early 20th century. You see this again, I think, with Rod Dreyer and the kind of Benedict Option move. Yes, I think you've seen that. more people like this moving out to the land, which is which is perfectly perfect acceptable. Um, there's some uh, beautiful things about being out of the land in these smaller places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we thought, well, a lot of people just don't have this kind of option. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be living in, in cities, or at least many people live in or near cities or right. dwell around cities. So the question is, 
Um, can you live well in a modern city? Can you live well in a modern city? I think people are asking this. Yeah, and I, I see it, you know, by doing a lot of campus ministry and college right. ministry at the University of Virginia, I have a lot of my graduates who then will do immediately go into cities, whether yeah. it's New York or DC and those types of things. And so they'll at least spend a, a large portion of their first years post baccalaureate or post graduation in the cities um, before they can, you know, move out to suburbs or even further out and things like that. So it's kind of a question of like, okay, maybe for some people you, you're not able to go out to the city or for others, it's going to be a period of your life that yeah. you are in the cities yeah. before you can move yeah. further out or something like this. So the question of like, okay, if you have to spend time living in the city for a variety of reasons, well, how do we do that? Like, yeah. and how do we do that well? And yeah. not let it kind of just poison us and become jaded or anything like that. That's right. And you might think that actually we're not supposed to be city dwellers, but there is a, a tradition, of course, I mean, going back to Aristotle, that we're political animals. Yes. Which right. generally means, people think it means like we're political animals in the sense of kind of getting into fights and debates and all this sort of thing. But of course, <laughs> Aristotle doesn't mean that. He means politicae, so the, which means from the polis. Right. Right. which is what uh, close to Greek is translated as city, something like this, mm -hmm. that we're meant to actually live in cities together. Mm -hmm. He makes a distinction, of course, our, our listeners might be familiar with this, between living and living well. Yeah. Uh, living is just subsiding. You know, subsisting, sus yep, subsisting, I should say. Surviving. Um, and living well is actually aiming towards something. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. interestingly enough, Aristotle thinks that to live well, to live the fullest uh, virtuous life, it is more than just living with yourself, but actually living in a polis, living in a city. Yeah. So that's why for him, after ethics comes the book, completing the ethics book is the politics book, yeah. which is not so much about how to be a political actor as Machiavelli would have it, but actually how to dwell well as a human being once you've worked the virtues out. Kind of like how to be a citizen. That's like, right. You know, and yeah. I think this this difference of you said living, living well, sometimes you'll hear it presented of like surviving versus thriving and, yeah, and right. things like that. But it's like, yeah, the, the politics is about like, well, how do you, how are you a citizen mm -hmm. in relation with your peers, your other citizens, these other human beings? Because we're not meant to be isolated. We're meant to be in communion with each other. So yeah, let's, let's talk yeah. about what that means to live in community and maybe dare we even say proximate community yeah. with each other in very close proximity as we That's would right. see with like, you know, our kind of modern cities where the pop population density, whew, man, uh, where that is very high. Yeah. Well, this is a good turn because for, for Aristotle, he used the city as something like Athens, a city state, something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so but, now that's a little bigger than Claire's St. Clairsville, not too much though. <laughs> but his imagination of a city like New York, for instance, having yeah. 11 million people, it would just be not something he's, he's interested in. Or the question is, who knows if he'd actually think this was something possible to exist in. To but of course he question. doesn't have the technology, the steel girders and all this kind of thing that we have today. So we can pack people in. Yeah. But it means the question is, well, you know, if it's, if for Aristotle and for human flourishing, uh, it's you, you need to have more than five people to be mm -hmm. around to really flourish. He thinks the city provides things for life. It gives you a freedom mm -hmm. to be able mm -hmm. to think and contemplate and live the virtuous life in a way that, for instance, living on a farm, you might not always have if you just, unless you have a very big farm, because you need, you need to go and get other things from people. Right. Whereas in the city, it's, it's, it's easier to provide that. So he, he gives it a chance for leisure and such. But 
if you can have something too small, you can also have something too big. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I think this is the question a lot of people have about the modern city, where it just becomes a utilitarian thing. Like, I have to live in the city because I have this job, but I don't want to be there, and I just I just do my time. Yeah. And one might yeah, even yeah. think, actually, as, like, as Catholics, we could say, well... Yeah, that's right. We we shouldn't be in these kind of mega cities. These sort mm -hmm. of things packed in all together, treated like cogs in the wheel. And there's something there's something about that. Cities, modern cities, these kind of giant steel and and concrete and glass. Now people love to build buildings out of yeah, glass. Now yeah. <laughs> uh, cities are well, they can be dangerous. Yeah. So there are temptations, or there are there are difficulties in the city that actually makes it hard to live well. Right? Yeah, I, I think that you see. In a current kind of structure in a modern city, it's more set up for like commerce and entertainment mm -hmm. than being a domicile, like to be a domestic experience. And yeah. so like that's where you, you've, you've experienced this tension where it's like, okay, we're going to create these big skyscrapers and have these corporations move into a downtown office building so that it brings thousands of jobs and all these things, which once again, we want to kind of support that. But then to be living you know, as a home, yeah. raising a family and things like that in a structure that is so uber efficient on people moving in and out and all these other things to facilitate commerce and entertainment, then that, that becomes a deep tension of like, okay, well, can I actually, you know, live a life, a mm -hmm. domestic life and raise a family within this kind of whirlwind that yeah. is not, doesn't really give a rip about actually facilitating or helping that aspect. That's right. My life. It's in a sense, I mean, in some ways you could think the modern city is designed as basically just a workplace. It's like a factory. Yeah. Um, and then it has, of course, within it, like break rooms, which like theaters and for entertainment for you to kind of enjoy for a second, let off steam this, but it doesn't have any living rooms in it. It's just got the work room and the, and the, the, um, the entertainment room yeah. or something. And it's missing out the actual living of it where you'd have a garden or this is all metaphor here yeah. or some kind of, you know, backyard or somewhere with the, or just the living room and the family room. Even, mm -hmm, I mean, does cities mm -hmm. have these, if you think of a city as like a house, it really is stripped down to, to its bare essentials and it forces you to kind of live, or at least it inclines you to live as if you're just siloed off and doing your time. Yeah. I know. I noticed this because there are lots of people, there are plenty of people in, in condos or the townhouses behind us here at the House of Studies. Right, right. Um, you probably notice the same thing in, in, in cities you go to, um, New York especially, where you could live on on the same floor or, nec or next door to someone and have no idea who these people are. Yeah. I grew up knowing, in a, so even a suburban neighborhood, you knew all your neighbors, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. you knew about who was there, who was the same uh, age to play with, you know, we play shoot hockey with those. You'd walk door to door and, hey, is Bobby here? Is Matt here? Or something to get together. Oh, yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. in the city, you have this kind of, well, I don't talk to that guy. I might live next to him for 10 years, but I don't know who my neighbor is. Yeah. And I mean, growing up in a very small town, mm -hmm. it was, it was a, even more so. It was, it was even more so. Like you'd run into somebody and it was like, "Oh, you're you're your uncle so and so, who's this uh, coworker of this person," or like you just knew everybody's family tree, not just like yeah. your media. You knew who their uh, family lines were, and and that's also like it's very common once you go further south. Like you you would ask somebody like, "Oh, you're so and so's kid," like so that you would know their entire family line because yeah. that was so important to that. But I, I think one of those aspects is like, once you move into these modern cities that are so highly in, in the high population density of mm -hmm. all of that, it does facilitate 
a certain anonymity. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah, just go about your day and you know, it's, it's definitely the, the case on like the East coast. Like you'll walk down the streets and nobody's going to say hi to each other. Yeah. Nobody's even looks at each other in the eye. And if you do kind of break that, you know, break that facade and say, Hey, how you doing? I was like, what, what you, who are you? Like, get, you're not from here. Like I need to get where I need to go. Like yes. th- there's this efficiency, like go get them. I don't, I don't have time to deal with you cause I got ish to do. Yes. And what's the kind of, um, the fallout of that is going to be this anonymity. Mm-hmm. And so you deal with the people you deal with and maybe you start to, you get to know you're like kind of the guy who runs the bodega because that's where you go and that's your engagement, but you, you only engage with them because you need something from them. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's yeah. not this like sharing of life yep. in that sense. At least that's one of the major risks no, I think of that's, it. Can you do it? Yes, but it's, it's no, a I think m- that's, big risk. I think that's right. There is a, there is a tendency or a potential for a dehumanization of, through anonymity mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you, no one really knows anyone here. You can sit on the subway and the Metro and, and we're, you know, uh, that naturally inclines you just to not to talk to people on there. And yeah. it feels weird when people do because they're uncomfortable or they're worried about things or you get, there's, there's a sense we haven't brought up the, the crime stuff, of course. Yeah, um, no, we we're just keeping that. We're assuming that that <laughs> let's imagine the mo- modern city in its best form, keeping those things out, totally. but even in its best form, what does it do? And I think also the, as you mentioned, the, the kind of efficiency drive, the drive to, to doing things the quickest and the fastest. And I would say a lack of, of receptivity. So mm-hmm. cities are active by nature that you're going out and you're taking things, you're doing things, you're grabbing things. Um, and whereas when you're, when you're in outside of a city, there's a little more receptivity, not only just to nature happening, right, but right. also to, to people happening mm-hmm. around you that mm-hmm. you're dwelling. You're not just living alongside people, but you're dwelling with people. Yeah. And so things, if something happens in the neighborhood, you might all chip together and do something about it or fix things. And there's that, whereas in the city, it's, not my problem. If it's not mine, it's not my problem. There's a sense because there's so many of you. It's like a tragedy of the commons, right? There's yeah, so yeah. many people and we have services to deal with all these things that we don't really need yeah, to help yeah, yeah. each other out in that. That's at least a tendency. And I think that that kind of uh, kind of tension that you bring up is really good because I, I tend to try to, you know, break things down to those uh, kind of common denominators often and that kind of difference between active and receptive or active and contemplative mm-hmm. is really big. And yeah. I think that's part of the reason that there's this big push towards moving out of the cities and into the countryside yeah. and homesteading is because there's this like exhaustion of mm-hmm. activity. Yeah. Drew you know? wheel kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And you see that in the corporate world, you see that in all these other things, but like the modern city is built upon active mm-hmm. activity. Yeah. And there may be these like little intentional pockets of kind of, receptivity or contemplation, you know, Central Park can be that. Yeah. It's beautiful, but even at that gets so busy and hectic and there's not a place to just kind of relax because there's always somebody yeah. jogging by or whatever. Yeah. And that's why like the the countryside becomes so attractive. Yes. Because it's like I haven't experienced there's no place for this in my life instead of trying to find maybe a, a balanced life yeah. or harmonious life in, in that sense. That's right. And so you could think that, well, we've made a good case for, for just moving out of the city totally. and, and <laughs> getting rid of it and saying like, this, let's go. <laughs> um, but let alone the fact that it might not be possible for everyone to do this, nor valuable. Um, maybe it's worth saying that there are good things about a city. Yeah. We'll talk about first some, some good, good things about them. Mm-hmm. And then perhaps we'll do some practical tips on how to live intentionally in a city to take yeah. advantage of the good things, as yeah. opposed to sliding into the stuff we've talked about so far. You might not have thought about, but yeah. it actually is just that, 
the city kind of pushes itself upon you in a yeah. way so that we as uh, people want to live lives of virtue, especially Catholic Catholics living lives of virtue in the city, have to take on board some intentionality to these things. Totally. So um, we've talked about some of the dangers and temptations and the problems of the modern city, mm-hmm. um, but there are also some benefits in the modern city that you can't receive anywhere else or, or in that. So what... What uh, what do you think? What do you think is valuable? I've got some ideas. But what do you think was valuable about the modern city? What can be said for it before we just level the whole thing? I, I think two things there, and the first thing is my experience in New York City, being there mm-hmm. as a Dominican on kind of fits and spurts at different times. What I notice about New York City is it's so big that it's small. Mm-hmm. Like it's huge. It's a city of eleven million people, but you have all these small neighborhoods. Yeah, and so like you like there are many people that don't leave a four block radius. Mm-hmm. And they can be, it's very, it can be, and it, it tends to be actually, once you hit that kind of certain size, it tends to be very small and very sure. neighborhood oriented. Yeah. And so like you have your bodega on the corner, you have your coffee shop that you always see because that's just what's in proximity and everything is within a four block rate. It's not, there's like, you know, thousands of uh, coffee shops there, but you have yours within your mm-hmm. arm's reach. And so you just keep going to those places. So I think that's actually, you see a little bit of just human nature, like still piercing through the concrete jungle in that, that's saying like, well, I'm still going to have my neighborhood mm-hmm. and I don't always have to go all over the city and everything. I'm just going to stay within this And that. It can be so big that it actually becomes small yeah. in that sense. And I think the other thing that what I've experienced from living in a very, very, very small town to now living on the East Coast in different cities is that there's a beautiful opportunity to engage in the arts mm-hmm. that you do not have in yeah. a small town. You know, so whether it's museums or concerts or any types of like beautiful uh, you know, ballets or um, musicals and things like that, you have this uh, great ability to engage in beautiful art that is you know, within reach mm-hmm. and they tends to be within metropolitan centers. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's something that's like a huge asset and beautiful thing. Now you also have a different op- option for beautiful art, which is nature in mm-hmm. small towns and, yeah. and, and the countryside, but there really is a, a great opportunity to engage in the arts in metropolitan areas. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's it. And this, which, which does tie into how Aristotle thinks about the, yeah. the polis is that provides things that couldn't be provided in the lower levels because you have a nice division of labor, uh, not his term, but um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that allows for specialization and allows for the the arts and things that would no one could support on the farm necessarily totally. can now support some museums and this sort of thing. To me, part of it, uh, I suppose, is the city does bring people together yeah. as people. It's it's the chiaroscuro, the other side of the fact that we're all, we could just be cogs in the wheels, but the city does put you face to face, literally with people on a more frequent basis. Yeah. Now, sometimes it's too close and such, <laughs> but it, you have people around you all the time. Yeah. And that's that's one, I think, good. And the cities do bring up the difference between like persons and things. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that we are these, these creatures that have personalities and we're persons as compared to the metal and the nonsense around us, we don't blend into the background. We, stark, we stand starkly against all these other things. And we can forget, I mean, it's dangerous to think we're just cogs in the wheels, but the city to me reminds me that actually we, this is a sort of unnatural thing here. um, And that therefore the person show up more to me. Uh, The other thing is it does give you with those persons, 
a difference of perspective in a way. You're introduced to things that sometimes might, and people that might make you uncomfortable. Absolutely. Not to say that this Absolutely. is a diversity kicker, this kind of thing, but to say that it does, all of us have a potential for tribalism, I suppose, or at least I do. And <laughs> it forces me to meet people and talk to people from very different backgrounds, yep. different views. That one sharpens my my apologetic honing. So mm-hmm, it makes me, mm-hmm. force me to realize that I actually should have reasons for the hope that's within me. Right. There's opportunities for that. And also just to break down some any preconceived notions I have about other cultures in a way. So it it does mitigate that at least and open put me in opportunities to think a little bit and expand a little bit my horizon, the universality of the church and human nature. Totally. That's important. Totally. And the city gives you an opportunity for that that you might not get other, otherwise. No, I would a thousand percent agree with that. Like I said, coming out of a very small town and in now living in in cities on the East Coast um, has been a, a beautiful opportunity to actually see that diversity in, but also in the diversity, see the consistency and the the unity of human nature and the the true universality of of Christ mm-hmm. as a savior for all of that yeah. in, in the Catholic faith. So it's you're going to be put face to face with those things where you know coming out of a a small town is like just assume that everybody is Christian. Yeah. Like I don't think I've you know ever met a non-Christian yeah. before coming to the East Coast. Yeah. You know, I met some people who don't believe in God at all, but it was just like if you're gonna believe in God, it's gonna be Christianity. Yeah. And it's like, right. whoa, okay, this is this is a different uh, experience. Then. Yeah. And so it does kind of uh, hone your abilities, but also helps you to see the the beauty the beauty the beauty of humanity in all of its diversity in that sense. Yeah, it does bring out the humanity. The other thing I think it does, and this is related to the cultural thing, but on the religious side, uh, it allows access to um, religious experiences, particularly shrines, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. relics, uh, processions, different parts of the Catholic world are present there in a city because they can gather its... its, uh, it's a low, it's a low bar, and you could say to actually to travel to one of these things. Whereas if you lived on the country, you don't, you can't visit a shrine in the same way. It has to be more of a pilgrimage, which yeah. is a different kind of act. And pilgrimage, yeah. I think we have an episode yeah. on pilgrimages, which is great. But in a city, you have in walking distance, in a sense, there's more of a possibility of of seeing and taking advantage of really great religious sites. Um, communities that are together and praying in some ways, worshiping God uh, in, in a a richer way in some ways, just like in the old days around the cathedral, uh, you you get little towns forming that have a provide. No, that's not to say that there's there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the country parish or this sort of thing. But the, there is an access just because of travel and because of putting together density uh, and more bang for their buck, I suppose, for shrines and an access to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these kind of massive religious sites and Catholic you know, the cathedrals and such, which which are beautiful for pilgr- little pilgrimages going around to different churches. Yeah, it's fantastic. Now, um, that's just all to say these are there are possibilities of having a good time in the city of living well, especially as a Catholic. Yeah. Um, but I think in the city we have to live intentionally. Mm-hmm. There are these poles to uh, vices. It's probably true in the small towns too. I totally. suppose the vice of gossip and backbiting yep. and all this stuff. It is you tend to have be drawn to that in a small town because of how the, its dynamics work. Mm-hmm. In the same way, uh, you tend you can tend to draw to all those temptations and the anonymity and uh, treating people as just means as yeah. opposed to ends. Yeah. 
in themselves. Um, so perhaps in a city, we have to live a little more intentionally. If we're living yep. in a city, a little more intentionally as Christians to take advantage of living well there. Mm -hmm. So what do you think are some pro tips for how you think, because we've lived in cities, um, what things have you done or what have you failed to do but would like to do better with living in a city? I think one of the things that's a, a risk in living in the city but how to live well in the city is to try to live an integrated life. Mm -hmm. You know, the city kind of perpetuates or encourages very fractured life. I work my nine to five, I go to the office. Then I come to my apartment or my condo and I'm there. And then I do these social things and then I come back to this place and then I go off and do these things. And also because of the diversity, you have such things that these are my work friends, these are my church friends, these are my social friends. And mm -hmm. so to try to say like, okay, this kind of fractured, a very kind of yeah. separated, compartmentalized life yes. is is a very uh, large risk. So to live well in a city is to actually live an integrated life. Mm -hmm. And to say like, yes, I am I am me in all of these areas. Yes. Yeah, you know, and to bring them all into play with each other. You're going to meet a diversity of people. You're going to work with a diversity, socialize, and see people in restaurants that are all kind of all those places. But to um, try to uh, kind of temper yourself from yeah. slipping into compartmentalization. That's, yeah, that's no, that's a good point to see yourself as as the single person that does th these things and lives in these th in these worlds, as opposed to I'm here for this, I'm this and this. You know, we, we do separate or just my different identities. Yeah, I think another thing is, and I'm I'm conscious of this is trying to treat people as people yeah. out there in the cities. Uh huh. We're we're generally inclined to uh, treat people as means and mere means, I should say. Um, in cities because we're moving so quickly. We've got so much to do and all of this. We're not taking time to actually talk with people. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that you need to get in a conversation with your barista for a long period of time, but just the attitude of realizing that this, that the person I'm interchanging with here right now mm -hmm. um, to get a cup of coffee or to get a meal or something is, an, is a person with a story. Yeah. Now, I don't need to know that story, but I need to know this is a person with a story and I need to relate to that person this mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. So the city... Treating intentionally treating people not as like service servants or service yeah. providers, yeah. but actually as human beings who I'm living with. I might not actually live near this person, but I dwell with this person in this city mm -hmm. in a way that I might dwell in a suburban neighborhood with someone down the street. The other thing is um, the city. Maybe this is part of a good that a good uh, one of the good benefits from the of living in a city that also turns into a practical tip um, is that. There is time for le leisure yeah, in a city. Yeah, yeah. And because we have so much that's able to be done for us, like I don't have to go out and milk a cow if I want milk. I don't have to go and make all my breakfast if I want. So, so like, there, and traveling, I don't have to drive myself. I can just be on the metro, which means that it does provide a time for leisure, mm -hmm. a time for, for educating oneself, for trying to be involved in the finer things. Yeah, It's easy, though, I think, to... Just let that slide and watch YouTube videos on the yeah. on the you know on the metro or something. But instead, to to take advantage of actually, I don't have to do a lot of work to go to this place. I have thirty minutes. I can listen to something, or I can read a book, yeah. or I can do this as opposed to just playing on the phone, for instance. Although everyone else is doing that and constantly checking emails, this is an opportunity actually for true leisure, which is what the city. Aristotle was there is to live well is to live a life that has a balance of both working but also contemplation yeah, yeah, on things yeah. the higher things and the city actually provides an, the modern city provides an opportunity for that yeah although we don't always take advantage of it no no I think that's a great point is to see that leisure isn't is is a part of actually the city structure 
and mm-hmm. it's it's actually a, a great opportunity to have, but you have to intentionally do that. It doesn't happen accidentally, you yeah, know. That's right. And so to see those opportunities of that. Um, and I think one of the things is like we're talking modern cities and we've seen the kind of transition for this over our lifetimes. If yeah. we're uh, being honest here is that whole idea is like, I'm going to walk down the city or I'm going to walk down the streets and now it's moved from like, you just don't say hi to people, but like you have your noise canceling AirPods yes. in, and yeah. now I'm going to block everything out. Yeah. Like that, those are all the commercials is let's block everything out of the city. Yeah. And I think what we're kind of trying to argue here is actually there's dig good to the city. Yeah, you know, you have bit. to find it and, and embrace yeah. the good, but let's just not block it all out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think also this with your integrated the sense of integration is that on one of the benefits of the city is, for instance, for lunchtime, you can go to a mass or mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. find daily mass in cities very easily in yeah. a way that you might not be able to find in, in other places. And so you can, you can, make your life not just about work for this time and yeah. living this time or religious this time, but actually integrate it such that, oh yeah, for, um, during the, during lunch hour, I take, I go over and sit in adoration for 15 minutes in front of the blessed sacrament somewhere. I do this kind of prayer so I can integrate or after I leave from work, I wander over. It's just right next door to yeah. the church here. There are opportunities to actually integrate yourself as a, as not just a, um, a maker of things as a human being, but actually as a spiritual, yeah. uh, as a Catholic that are provided in the cities. So that's that, again, the inter- intentional integration of, of life. Well, there's something to be said about the modern city. Yes, um, I still don't like living in one myself, <laughs> but, um, but I, I, do, See, I do think there are benefits to it. I, I find it fascinating because like growing up such a small town, yeah. you're like, oh, it's a big city. Like you, all these opportunities, you can do everything. So I get a certain it's kind of, of excitement, excitement about it. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, I just come know? and live in D.C. for a while and you'll, that excitement will be, will be stricken from you. Yeah, it will but be. But for yeah, contingent reasons, <laughs> not necessarily for the reasons of, that we've been talking about, the modern city. Totally. But many of our listeners will be living in modern cities. So d- totally. just remember, yeah, try to dig in a bit and, uh, and realize that this, there are opportunities here to live the Catholic faith and live as, and with a good, totally. as a good human being with those around you. Mm-hmm. But that's it. So thanks for listening to this episode of God's Blaining. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can certainly do that through Patreon. We'd love to have you do that. We pray for you when you do that, offer masses. Uh, follow the link in the description. Uh, you can also follow the link in the description to the God's Point shop to look at the godspoint.org. We have merchandise there, shirts, mugs, all this kind of stuff. We also have lists or at least announcements about upcoming events. And one specifically we want to talk about is the Young Adults Retreat. That's going to happen from November 3rd to November 5th. They'll be in Malvern, uh, Pennsylvania. Again, that's just outside Philadelphia. Uh, and it'll be a, a a retreat on relativism, living in the Catholic faith and relativism. That's It'll be a good time to be together again. Uh, in November, as opposed to during the summer, so it'll be a little cooler in Philadelphia as opposed to New York. So we hope to see you there. Look on the website for more information. But that's it from us for now. Please keep us in our in your prayers, and we'll keep praying for you. And catch you next time on Godspeed.